0: Hello and welcome to the Stock Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the individual investor, better understand companies, better understand the investment process. And the way that we do that here is by looking at case studies of real companies and analyzing them for their investment merit. And the other thing that we do on this podcast are analyzed mental models, which are thought experiments that can help us make better decisions. So, welcome to Stock Stories, episode 35. Welcome to the Stock Stories Podcast. Again, I am your host, Alex, your stock storyteller for today. And today we're going to be going over another mental model. So, um, we've been going through a bunch of different mental models in a bunch of different areas of philosophy, um, but mostly kind of like the general philosophy realm and also some of the areas within related to numbers, so numeracy. Um, Today we're going to get back into one of the general philosophy kind of mental models. And I like this one because it's simple to understand um, but powerful in its idea and it crosses so many disciplines as far as its application. So let's talk about Occam's Razor. All right, so Occam's Razor, that's kind of a weird name, isn't it? But nonetheless, it is a concept that is named after a guy named Occam, so that's why it's called Occam's Razor. There are different kinds of philosophical razors, so to speak, in the mental model world, and when I talk about a razor, philosophically speaking, I'm talking about an idea that kind of cuts things off little by little until you have some sort of a premise. And that's basically what Occam's Razor is all about. So Occam's Razor is a way of thinking that basically says this, make things as simple as they can, but no simpler. If you have an idea or a theory for something, sometimes the best way to explain the reason for something happening is the simplest way. If you have two different schools of thought, hypothesis A and hypothesis B, and they both describe some outcome and they predict the exact same outcome, then it might be wise to look at hypothesis A if it's simpler than hypothesis B. Um, This isn't always the case, but many times the simplest ways of describing things can often be the most true. So the purpose here is to use simplicity as a way of efficiently seeking truth. And that's what Occam's razor is all about. Now, Occam's razor, uh, the general philosophy of this has been around since Aristotle. But the reason it's called Occam's razor is there was a philosopher in the 13th and 14th century. His name was William of Occam. And even though he didn't actually coin the term, he is attributed, it's attributed to him because of the way that he philosophizes as far as hypotheses and making things simpler to their most discrete elements. Um, and this philosophy has been shared by, like I said, Aristotle, uh, Thomas Aquinas, Albert Einstein, Stephen Hawking. These are all visionaries who in some way or, or another have used Occam's razor or at least indicated its usefulness as far as a way of thinking. So here's a couple of examples. Um, one example is from a man named Jeremy Bentham, and this guy was the founder of utilitarianism. And he spoke about Occam's razor from the perspective of crime and punishment basically saying that the punishment for a crime should basically be equivalent to the crime itself um, and basically prevents further harm from being done, but but the punishment should not be more than that, if that makes any sense. So in comparison, the old method of crime and punishment for most of human history was, very severe. Uh, I'll take it back to um, Hammurabi's Code back in ancient Mesopotamia, where um, the system of laws that King Hammurabi set up for his people was one of them if you, I don't remember the exactly how it goes, but something to the effect of if you stole food from your neighbor, then you would get your hand cut off. So something very severe for something that now we just would call petty theft and, you know, find the person or have some other kind of slap on the wrist type of um, uh, consequence. But back in those days, it was like, oh, well, you stole from someone, so I'm going to cut your hand off. Or you lied about someone or you spoke ill of someone, then your tongue will be cut out. So this system of crime and punishment was really severe. And William Bentham was basically theorizing that, hey, we shouldn't create these harsh and complex systems of disincentive. Why don't we keep things as simple as possible from a punishment perspective, because then we can be more efficient as a society for basically disincentivizing what we consider collectively as bad behavior. So that's an example from the legal side of things. Another example is from medicine. So I don't know a ton about the medical field, but I do know that when doctors are trained, when they have a patient come in, they are immediately looking at their symptoms. Okay, what are the symptoms that the patient is exhibiting? And based on those symptoms... The doctor is trained to look at what is the most likely cause of these symptoms, because if we can determine the most likely cause of something, then we can treat it quicker and more effectively. So as opposed to looking at someone who is coughing and saying, oh, well, they have some really rare disease, it's probably more effective to look at that symptom and say, oh, well, they probably have the common cold. Just based on the probabilities of of that being the outcome, in addition to the fact that it's a very simple solution. Like if someone is coughing and sneezing, they probably have a cold. Uh, you don't have to be a doctor to know that. So sometimes the simplest solution is the best solution. And also this can be described in really elegant ways, like Albert Einstein the most famous equation probably ever, E equals MC squared, which described his theory of relativity, uh, that equation is very simple, that it gets included in pop culture all the time, but there are so many other equations that Einstein had that were way more complex than that, but he was able to basically reduce his theory down to a very simple set of variables and... He was definitely a proponent of simpler explanations can lead to greater clarity of thought. So I just gave a bunch of examples about different, different areas of life. One other one I want to give before we get to investment-specific examples is theology. So this can actually go both ways. And it, it's an example of how Occam's razor can be used to justify a certain way of thinking. So some people might say that from a theological perspective, Occam's razor basically proves that God exists because it's the simplest explanation for how the world and the universe exists in its current form. How could all of this be here in its current form if a God did not exist? Whereas on the other side of the spectrum, you might have people who say, well, actually, let's use Occam's razor from the other perspective and say that the simplest explanation for all this being here, this earth, this universe, and matter itself, is that a god doesn't exist. So it all depends on which way you look at it. So there are limitations to this mental model. This isn't a catch-all for everything. Um, Again, like Charlie Munger always says to a person with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. We can't always apply the same tool in our toolbox to every every situation because we're not always going to get the right answer. So for philosophical questions such as, is there a God? I mean, that's a really big question, right? You could apply Occam's razor to that, but as we've just seen, you could look at it from two completely different perspectives in a way that seems right to you, depending on the way that you look at it. Uh, So those are just some examples from different fields of how we can apply this principle. All right, so what about investing? What about your and I's portfolio? So let's pose this question. Um, So recently, I've been looking at, obviously, I look at stocks all the time, and I noticed that a lot of media have been talking about how Netflix stock has been going down recently. And so the question is, like, why did Netflix stock go down? Well, there could be many different explanations or many different reasons. But to me, the most simplest, the most simple reason is, oh, Netflix is not performing in line with the expectations at large of the investor community. This is actually something that Philip Fisher from Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits, which is a classic book, I definitely recommend, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, he says that basically a stock will rise or fall, not necessarily based on whether the business is good or bad in absolute terms, but how it's performing relatively, relative to investors' expectations. So even if a business is performing poorly, if it's performing better than people expect, then the stock price might actually shoot up. Versus if a business is performing excellently, but it's, but it's uh, performing not quite as good as investors expect it to, then the stock price could tank. So that may be a reason why Netflix stock has gone down recently, even though it's been growing revenue at a very rapid rate, it's been burning through a lot of cash and is looking like it's going to take on a lot more debt in order to keep up this growth. The growth has not necessarily been profitable from a cash flow perspective. So investors are probably seeing this and saying like okay, well, you know, Netflix is trading at whatever, 180 times earnings or something really high. Um we don't justify this price anymore because the growth is not in line with our expectations. Okay, boom, Netflix stock falls, you know, 3% one day, 4% the next, etc, etc. So am I saying that that's the reason that Netflix stock went down? No, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying that to kind of use Occam's razor to theorize that maybe that simple explanation is indeed correct. I don't know, but I think it's plausible. So we can apply this in reverse, too. Again, the principle of inversion. I I love that mental model because it's so simple and so useful. Why does the stock price go up so suddenly? Well, maybe an earnings report just came out and the company beat the median analyst estimates by a huge margin. This is something that happens all the time. If you notice when companies report their quarterly earnings to Wall Street, that tends to be when the stock prices jump up and down a decent percentage, especially for certain types of businesses. Uh, So it's all about what's relative to expectations. Um, So that's kind of how I think about Occam's razor from an investment perspective, as far as one example of how it works. But you can apply this in so many different areas of life and to your portfolio as well. So that is Occam's razor and... That's all I got for you today. Next week, we're going to get back into the S&P 500 and jump right back into another company. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, to you listening there as well. And again, if you want to reach out, I'm on Instagram at stockstories1. That's stock stories the number one. Or you can email me at alex at stockstoriespodcast.com. That's all I got for you today. Have a good one.